From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. If you work on an Android app, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to presume you do, you'll know that when your user reports a problem or a crash, it's the absolute worst feeling. To make matters worse, they might one-star your app, go on Twitter and complain about the app, and if they're feeling particularly merciless, probably go on Reddit or something and post it there. But you know what? They have absolutely every reason to. If you treat your customers basically as an off-site QA team, it's rude to them and it's just bad for business. As developers, we don't want to rely on customers to report errors. Instead, we want to catch this much early on. Ideally, you just have automated tests and these tell you when there's a problem. But, you know, as we've talked about on the show multiple times, that's not always as easy as we want it to be. Because writing tests can be hard. That's why Sentry, our sponsor for today's show, tells you about errors in your code before your customers have a chance to encounter them. Not only do they tell you about the errors, they also give you helpful details that help you fix these errors. For example, how many users were impacted by this bug, the complete stack trace if it's a crash, the commit ID when this error was released, the engineer who wrote this line of code that was busted, mm-hmm, that and a whole lot more. If your code is broken, let's fix it together. That's Sentry's tagline. Love it. You can check them out at sentry.io slash or slash Android. Sentry is a pretty common word. Uh, it's actually a pretty cool name for the service if you know the English meaning of the word. But I want to make sure you get that domain name right. It's sentry.io. Once again, sentry.io slash for as in F-O-R slash Android. Check them out today and fix your errors before your users encounter them. Thanks for sponsoring today's show, Sentry. So this episode started off with an idea I was thinking about for some time. How do I properly name the methods or functions from my repository that expose Rx observables? I still think that's an interesting concept for another episode, but in the process of researching that idea, I got into a much bigger rat hole and I asked myself an even more generic question. How do folks in general name methods that expose an observable? Despite most of the Android world today adopting Rx pretty heavily, we haven't really arrived at a common convention for this. So in this episode, I thought we'd spend some time on that question. Um, I'm not going to exactly suggest a convention here, but I'd like to talk to you about the thought process in coming up with this name or how you would name these functions. I also ping some good friends of mine who are in the Android developer community who I trust to know this stuff much, much better than me. So I also try to collect some feedback from them. Uh, so it'll also be interesting to see what the community thinks about this. Because hey, Fragmented, taking care of all the yak shaving so you can have a productive day at work. <laughs> so the trouble is, um, let's start off with the naming dilemmas. The trouble is an observable in itself means nothing. It's merely a wrapper around another object that you want sent down 
as a stream. Let's take an example. Say you have an object or service that returns users. Super straightforward. If you use the repository pattern, by the way, this object is pretty much what one would call a repository. There's also a lot of nuance to the naming of the other functions that you typically expect coming out of a repository, but that's a discussion for a future fragment. For now, let's just take the simplest use case. This repository returns an observable of user to me. Uh, so now my the question is, how do I name this function? You see, the trouble is when you talk about observables and streams, that question specifically doesn't it doesn't entirely make sense. Because do you mean an observable that returns a single user object to you and then just completes? Do you mean a user object that returns a single user to you, but then the observable never completes and keeps emitting the user again if some attribute of that user has changed? So every time you, the user has changed in some form or updated, do you want the user to be emitted as part of that same stream? Heck, what if for some reason you also need a synchronous version of the user return to you? You know, no Rx, just straight up, give me this user. It, there's a lot of confusion. You can't just call all of these, like, you know, user or get user. So how would you think about that? Obviously, there's no right answer, but I'm a big fan of conventions. So I usually like to come up with something that's a good as a convention, and then I hope to make that convention stick and I don't have to actually think about it too much. So let's consider some options and see how well they play out with some of those use cases that I just mentioned. The first one, um, and the most obvious one, because uh, the Android world having come from Java land is get user in parentheses. So if you, you name the function get user uh, brackets. Now, obviously I'm gonna, because this is an audio podcast, I'm not gonna keep repeating the syntax of like fun space, get user uh, parentheses. I'm just gonna make the generic assumption that you get what I'm saying. So get user. Firstly, yeah. <laughs> we're not in the Java stone ages. This whole get set, yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I just think it, it made sense you know, in, in a previous world, but I think most Android developers today and like most developers in general have evolved to the point where they don't actually have to explicitly specify the get and set. It's also interesting because when I surveyed a bunch of my friends and um, that I was telling you about, like a bunch of the folks uh, who really know this stuff, and I people I deeply respect in terms of the Rx community who would like have put a lot of thought into this, not one of them suggested the get user option. So, uh, you know, that's one interesting data point for you. But for the sake of objectivity, I think let's consider this, right? It is good in the sense that it conveys the notion that all you want is one occurrence of this user and that's it. Get user, boom. So for some reason I feel like the if I had a function named get user, it it, it sort of like conveys that information. So it's almost like if I needed the user and the return type for that function was single, this could potentially be a good name. Uh, but I just like, yeah, the whole get set mentality in your uh, function names sort of gets to me. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, all right, let's consider the second option, just user. So what if you named your function, you know, nothing else, just 
user. So you would have user repository dot user and packets. This is the next most obvious option, of course. Uh, it's nice, it's simple, it's clean. Interestingly, a lot of people also suggested this as being like what they have used in, in their uh, in their daily development world. My fundamental problem with just calling it user is that it just doesn't have enough information. So does this method, uh, does this function return just one user? Or does it return multiple users? Or like in the, the original questions that I posed, it doesn't really help with that. Now the most common retort to this when I uh, pose those re retort questions to uh, my friends is, well, if it truly is a single user, if you're, if you're their response is usually, if you're worried about this being truly a single user being returned from that method, well, then the return type should just be single, right? Like Rx specifically has uh, single, maybe optionals, a lot of these things that convey more meaning in the return type. So just looking at the return type uh, will then tell you that clearly, right? Because if you see a single is returned from this uh, function, you know that the single value is going to be emitted and it completes the stream because in general, singles complete the stream um, after they've emitted a single value. So there's no ambiguity in terms of uh, the way this function performs because if you see the return time. It's a very good argument, it's a good response, but I don't entirely subscribe to that opinion uh, and we'll get to that in a second. First, let's talk about the case where you might expect a user stream and it doesn't actually complete. This would be the case where we expect a sort of a live stream of user updates. So I get my user object, but I keep the stream alive because I'm also interested to know when some attribute of that user changes. So I keep the stream alive and react to those changes if, you know, if uh, depending on your use case. What do we name that function? If I call, if I call uh, that one user as the same name, it doesn't exactly tell me if it's a stream of user updates or it's just a one-time user, right? Now we bring the argument saying, oh, just look at the return type, to which I've I've got two responses now. Uh, first, my response is philosophically, I like the idea that a method, that a function name just tells me what it is because then I can also start to predict what it will be when I'm actually developing in other parts of my code base, uh, you know, without having to dive into the documentation, looking at the type, seeing if it's a single, if it's an observable, making that call, and then you know how good we all are at documentation. So I, I don't buy the whole uh, look at the return type and figure it out approach, mostly because I just personally don't think it's scalable as you build an app. Uh, but the second more important point is, given that I have two requirements, one where it emits a single and then it's just done, versus it emits a value and then keeps the stream alive, uh, I can't both, I, I can't just have def fun user, one returning a single and one returning an observable. That just won't compile because I would need to have different names. They can't just have the same name that way, right? Uh, which then again lends itself to my initial point that if we need to find a better name anyway, because you can't have the same name, you might as well not have to rely on the type at all and just make sure that the name, uh, the function name just takes care of that, right? Again, just to be clear, this is my opinion. This doesn't necessarily mean this is the right thing. It's just my opinion about how I approach these things. All right, so now we get into the third option, which uh, I think starts to get uh, 
a little interesting. And this is where we start to evolve to a solution that I kind of like. Let's consider the next approach, uh, the next option for dealing with this problem, which is adding a specific suffix, right? A common suffix that I've seen a lot of folks use is stream. So let me ask you this. If you saw a user repository with two functions, one saying find user, uh, one function name saying user, and the other function name as user stream. Would those names alone give you enough information? Uh, I know this is like an opinion thing, but just like think about it. If I had a user repository and I had like an interface saying user and then uh, user stream. If I'm calling uh, user stream on the repository, in my opinion, there's little ambiguity if this is a single user because, you know, by definition it's a stream. So it's a stream of updates. Uh, in the early days, I actually used to have two methods, user updates and user. I didn't call it stream. Um, and I thought, oh, that makes it clear too, because user means a single user, but if it's user updates and it returns an observable, then it's gonna give me a user, but then it'll just keep sending updates. I liked the name user updates a lot initially, but uh, I think over time, I just, after I saw someone use user stream at some point, it just, it, it seemed a little more accurate for some reason, because again, this is a repository, so having the word update in your get uh, function, I think maybe from my Rails <laughs> rest days, it sort of like didn't sit that well, but I still do think the name is good. But the, you know, the jury's out there. For what it's worth, uh, more than one participant from the people I pinged uh, mentioned that they use this approach where they just call it user stream. Now, my good friend Florina actually had this tweet from way, way, way back at her days at updev. So I traced it back uh, and I actually looked at some of those links and I'll drop it in the show notes. So make sure you look at it. Now, Update came up with this convention that I thought was pretty cool that they use. What they suggest is you have uh, your functions named as user once, that's one function. The other function would be user stream, that's the next function. And the third function would be user once and stream. So let me just repeat the three uh, the three functions, uh, function names. They would be user once, user stream, user once and stream. Now, again, let's pose that question. If I just asked you what each of these uh, did, can you maybe take a guess? Uh, now, additionally, once you have the return type specified in this, it'll become super obvious. But again, the whole objective is, can we just look at the name and get it? Uh, I think it does, it sort of like really does make sense to me, but let's like break through each of these function names, right? So the first one is user once. If I call user repo.user once, it's, I think it's super obvious, you know, just give me a user once and that's it. So basically I would expect the stream to complete at that point, right? Also now if you tack on the return type of single user, I think that makes it like that much more evident because then you know very well what's happening. So user once I think is a good name. Uh, I like that name. Now the interesting difference is between user stream and user once and stream. So those are two different function names. User stream also I think makes sense. And the way they go with this convention is user stream might emit a user, but it's a stream. So it doesn't actually end. It's like, you know, the 
as you would traditionally think an observable is, like a live stream. Uh, and again, you know, because it has the word stream in it, uh, it may not even emit a value. So user stream might emit a user, it may not emit a user, but what we know is that it wouldn't complete because uh, it's a stream. So that's the convention they're going. Now using that, my, uh, using that convention, if you check what user wants and stream is, then it sort of starts to make sense, right? Because user wants and stream basically says that the stream will emit a value. It'll emit a value as fast as it can after subscription right away. That's the user wants portion of this function name. But after that, it might emit an update or it might not, you know, because if the user never changed, then why would you emit an update? So again, that's why the stream part of the uh, user once and stream uh, function name comes together. Because it has stream, this will not complete. It may or may not emit values after the first user that's emitted, but because it has stream in it, it makes it obvious, right? I'll link to the blog post. So interestingly, this was written quite some time back. Update had this really good blog post and it was, I think, called Reactive Frustrations Part 1. And there's a subsection in there called reasoning about the code. And this is the early days of Rx as well. So uh, the I should say the early days of Android world using Rx. So uh, they also talk about how like this naming thing can get confusing. It's a great blog post. So I'll link that in the show notes. But I think for now, just think about these concepts, right? Like I, I want to let these three names alone sit. I'll try to do a part two for this fragment and I'll return and I'll actually delve into that user once and stream concept because you know, that was originally what spurred this episode idea uh, and with my repository because I was coming, trying to come up with a good convention for uh, the function names on my user repository and I wanted to specify an Rx naming strategy. Uh, and I'll probably also come up with a bonus segment on how some other languages do this because I've also worked on uh, the backend and like other uh, platforms. So. JavaScript has a very interesting way of doing this. I'll tweet a word out, which should give you a hint of what this is in the episode announcement for this one. But yeah, stay tuned. Uh, I'll try to make another part two for this where I actually go into the details because you see that user once and stream is super interesting because it can have multiple meanings to it, right? Because if you uh, if you remember when I specified user once and stream, it says say it limit a value as fast as it can, but what does that mean, right? Does it mean it'll always emit a fresh user? Does it mean it could emit a cached user? Does it mean it would emit from one source but not the other? And by the way, like this is all just how you deal with it in Rx, uh, and it's a fascinating concept. So I'll try to like definitely spend some time and come and explain those ideas. That's actually what spurred this whole like, well, how should I name these things? How would someone who's consuming my user repository just look at those names and understand what is happening in terms of how that user is being fetched the first time. So let me know what you think so far. If you have suggestions or ideas, I would actually encourage you to please like shoot that over to me. You can do that either on Twitter or on our dis uh, Discord server. I'm, I'm really looking forward to what the ideas like the community has come because here's the thing even though I pinged a lot of these folks who are super experienced and like very well known in the Rx community, almost all of them said the exact same thing. TLDR, I don't have a convention. I just use what works for me as I develop my uh, project. 
but there hasn't necessarily been a specific convention. Uh, updates convention is something I, I came across a long time back. And I mean, to be honest, I've also sort of like fiddled with it, but I thought it's it's time. We've been using Rx a lot in the Android world, and maybe we should come up with a convention that just makes it easy for most folks to understand. So that's it for this fragment. I hope you enjoyed it. I will catch you in the next episode. I want to thank Sentry for sponsoring today's show. Their tagline is, your code is broken, let's fix it together. They're a super cool crash reporting service that gives you all the helpful details that you need when detecting and fixing errors in your application. Don't wait for your users to report your errors and crashes. Use Sentry to catch them earlier. Check them out at sentry.io slash for slash Android. Once again, because Sentry is a common word, I want to make sure you get it right. Sentry.io. My thanks to Sentry for sponsoring today's show. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. Sarah the Amazing Jackson from the Spec Network helps with production assistance and wraps our final mix. Our theme and ad music is by the national recording artist Blueprint from Weightless Recordings. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.